everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the DevThink Podcast with your usual hosts, Sean and Nicola. And today we're going to share some cool and interesting links from various corners of the internet. Mine are, uh, two of them are going to actually be YouTube channels. So before I go off into that fun digression, I'm going to plug a Twitter account. It's A-S-P-I-T-T-E-L. It's a woman named Ali Spittel. And I saw something online from her on Twitter or something somewhere that she puts out a new programming challenge every day. She's a teacher, a developer, and a blogger. And so she likes putting out programming puzzles, or at least it looks like from in the month of November, she's been doing a lot of them. So I know we're always looking for fun and interesting, interesting new challenges. So thought this might be a good source to find some stuff. Awesome. Cool. I think I heard about that. Uh, and it's awesome. It's always awesome, awesome, awesome to get new ways to challenge you, right? Yeah. And she looks very young and she's talking about Python, which is a much more modern language. So that to me makes me hope I haven't actually tried the challenges yet that these are going to be new, interesting things, not just the same old recycled stuff that you might be used to seeing. She's younger She's doing modern languages and she's teaching even younger people. So I would assume that what she's working on is probably more relevant than, you know, what you're going to find on the usual places. Awesome. Okay. So my first link is a very old, old post by Coding Horror. I mean, on, you know, Coding Horror site. Uh, probably there is not a developer who reads that doesn't know about the coding horror, uh, Joel's post is Posky, right? Uh, anyway, so this title, uh, this blog post is titled the years of experience myth, where not going to go at all into it, read it, you know, basically all of his stuff is, you know, good. However, I'm just going to read this little part out of it. Uh, what's his take on this? And it goes like this. So this toxic counterproductive years of experience myth has, Oh man, I don't know how to read this word. Permeated the software industry for as long as I can remember. Blah, 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 blah. Basically, the thing is, you know, you can get, or you can miss, actually, not get, miss people who are eager, uh, willing to learn, uh, will, if you give them just enough time and coaching and mentoring, surpass some quote-unquote senior guys that are on the job for, you know, whatever amount of this elusive number of years, right? But hey, since you asked for four years of experience, you're going to miss on these people. So think about it. Yeah. All right. I mean, that's something that I think we've already voiced our opinion on, and we definitely agree with that general idea. Yeah. The next one is a really fun one. It's not really strictly tech-related, but it's definitely about learning. And there's a guy, and I'm not going to be able to pronounce his name. He's Dutch. It's Wouter... Corduwiner, maybe? And he speaks a number of languages. And he does pranks. So what he did is he's Dutch. So we know he speaks uh Dutch, or he's you know he's from Holland. He walks up to tourists and 
begins speaking to them in English. He's carrying a microphone. He's saying he's interviewing them for his YouTube channel or a podcast or something. And he'll ask them questions in English. And then in the middle of the conversation, he'll start speaking their native language. So he'll ask him a question. And then all of a sudden he's speaking, you know, Chinese or, and by Chinese Mandarin or Cantonese. So just from the video I saw, he spoke Dutch, English, Tagalog. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that correctly, but it's a Filipino language, Cantonese, Mandarin, Hebrew, and Portuguese. So he's talking to these people in their own languages and they're totally shocked. And the one woman has her husband on the phone and she is, I think, Filipino, but he speaks Mandarin. And then it turns out the husband also happens to speak Hebrew. So then they're speaking Hebrew to each other. And it's just great. And it's a lot of fun. And apparently he speaks 18 languages. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, if you ever want to feed that imposter syndrome and feel like an idiot, this guy's (laughs) walking around speaking 18 languages to strangers on the street. So, but he has a lot of fun. There's actually another video. I haven't watched it yet, but he ran into another guy who speaks like 30 languages and they had converse, a conversation in like 15 plus languages, which is really cool. So we've talked about learning languages and we've talked about being a self-taught learner. Well, this is a good example of that. Oh, and his uh, YouTube channel is just his name, which is, uh, like I said, Wouter. Corduener, and if you look up multilingual prank videos or multilingual interview prank on YouTube, you'll find him. Awesome. You actually reminded me, uh, I'm currently going through the book called uh, Moonwalking with Einstein, and in this book, uh, the guy talks about one guy that has very good, you know, this, like, ability to learn languages, so they flew him in to Iceland, which is supposedly be one of the hardest languages to learn, and the guy learned it in a week. I don't know how, but you know, hats down, hats off. Not sure I believe that. I mean, you'd have to define learn or fluency in that case, but okay. He was actually so they interviewed him supposedly on the national television in front. You know, some guy interviewed him after a week of learning, and people were like. Wow. So supposedly, you know, it was obviously good. Okay. Uh, Okay, cool. So my next link is actually a link on LinkedIn to Bill Gates' uh, post, basically, where he shared his uh, video where he talks about uh, poverty and how it was, you know, solved more or less in China and India, and that now the greatest problem is in Africa. And one of the interesting points he made was that by some year near in the future, almost half of the children will be born in that area compared to, you know, the other half of the world in the rest of the, like, you know, the whole world. So suffice to say, something needs to be done in terms of poverty there. And I mean, honestly, like, from I didn't even know that he's doing all this stuff, you know, okay, so Bill Gates is rich and I don't know what he does, but it seems like he's doing a lot of uh, work in order to help other people that were not as fortunate. 
Yeah, the Bill and Melinda Faith, uh, Gates Foundation ha- is very famous for working to eradicate malaria worldwide. And they're working on helping improve the food supply. And they're doing it through encouraging the use of GMOs. I was just listening to a podcast today, and they mentioned it, that part of what they're doing with this effort is that they're working with these companies that are making these plants that will provide better nutrition and grow better in the poorest of areas. And they require, as part of this program, that if your company develops this, that you then release that for free. So it's not like a patented plant that people have to pay you every time they want to plant the seeds. Cool. Cool. So, I mean, I think he's, he's done so much good in the world since he's retired that he is probably almost 1% uh, made up for the evil he unleashed on the world in the form of Windows, <laughs> which is nice. Awesome. So what's your third link, Sean? All right. My last one, it's kind of weird. I don't know why, but my entire life I've really been obsessed with prisons, uh, prison life, prison documentaries, even movies like The Shawshank Redemption, TV shows like Oz or those – documentaries where they go into the maximum security prisons and interview the prisoners and the guards and things like that. And I don't know why it's just always been interesting to me. I don't know if when I'm going to end up in prison, I'm doing my research. I don't know, <laughs> but there is a, uh, a YouTube channel called after prison show. And it's by a guy who I believe he was actually in prison for some amount of time. But he has an entire series of videos with this guy named Danny who was in prison for, are you ready for this? 40 years. He spent 40 years of his life in prison. And it caught my attention because he was in prison since 77, which is when I was born. So basically, he went to prison probably before I was born and then came out when I was 40, 41, and... Remember, think about what cars were like. Think about what phones were like. He was like, I don't even know how to use a washer and dryer because I don't even know where to put. When he first came out of prison, his first day, he couldn't work a soda machine. The first time he used a cell phone, he literally had a seizure. Like (laughs) he fell down and hit his head and was woke up with like blood everywhere and stuff. And it is really the the difference in this world from 1977 to you know, the 2018, 2017 is amazing. And they did a series of videos with this guy where he talks about what it was like to be in prison and how he was in maximum security for 24 years of that level six, which apparently is really high and how he saw people come in who had done petty little crimes like drug related, nothing at all to do with violence who were turned into murderers by the system because in that type of environment, you were either taken advantage of or you fought back and stood your ground. So he really doesn't believe that the prison system is meant to rehabilitate. It's just a revolving door where it's a for-profit enterprise. And the less they do to you inside to help you recover and become a better person, the better it is for them, which isn't unique to his story. It kind of seems to be the common theme when it comes to prisons. But it's an interest of mine, so I thought I would mention this. So, yeah, it's After Prison Show is the YouTube channel. Interesting. I actually also liked uh, Oz. Yeah. The show Oz. 
Like yeah, I'm not sure how accurate those shows are, but you know, still good stuff. I've read a couple of books by prisoners about. There's one that comes to mind. It was called "You Got Nothing Coming: uh, Memoirs of a Prison Fish" or something like that. So apparently, in the prison he was in, fish is what they called the newbies. Uh huh. So anyway, how that's about what I prison got. break? No, that. Okay, I'm going to go on a mini rant here. That is a show that I could not watch because it lost 100% of credibility with me. In the first or second episode, they showed video of the alleged crime happening that absolutely proved beyond any shadow of a doubt that the brother was innocent and should have never gone to prison in the first place. So if you remember way back to the beginning of the show, the guy's brother was accused of murder. He allegedly shot somebody. There is actual video of him pulling out a gun, pointing it into the car window, and then putting the gun away and walking away. Now, anyone who has ever fired a weapon, I don't care if you are in the military, a cop, do it as a hobby or a hunter, it is absolutely impossible for him to have shot anybody because there was no recoil. The gun never moved, never jumped in his hand. Therefore, it's proof of innocence. So I, as soon as I saw that, and I'm not a hunter, I'm not a gun nut. I don't have a gun. I've never had a gun. You know, I fired a gun in the army and I, I went to a shooting range like once, but it's not like a hobby or interest of mine, but anybody who knows anything, it just completely, it was, it was most horrible thing I've seen single most horrible moment in a TV show, even though there are worse shows in my life and I will never stop being angry about it. Oh, man. <laughs> That's interesting. A lot of people like that show. Yeah, well, I'm glad they were able to enjoy it, and I don't hold it against them. I just didn't have it in me to be that forgiving. Cool, cool. Uh, okay, so my last link is titled uh, Why Branching on Git is Wrong, and Oh, Dear God. Remember, you know, you, I don't know if you said it on podcast, but I know you said it, you know, on the dev team meetings, you said, if you want to learn something, how it's actually supposed to be done, just post it on internet as a wrong thing, you know, and you're going to get the actual real good answer. It seems like this guy really did that. So he goes on and on and on how branching on Git is totally wrong. It shouldn't be done like that. Like the branches make no sense, blah, blah, blah. And I think... I'm not sure, but I would argue that this is one of the sh like posts that got the most replies on. This is on dev.to, which I really like. And so, yeah, go read it. It's actually not a long post, but the replies are honestly very long. Oh, dev.to is actually where I found that Twitter handle about posting the challenges. Cool. And also, the thing you're referring to is Cunningham's Law. If you look that up on Wikipedia... Cunningham's Law states, the best way to get the right answer on the internet is not to ask a question. It's to post the wrong answer. Awesome. Here it seems it was exactly that. I don't know. I think that guy might have been serious, but that's okay because it provides an opportunity for others to learn. Yeah. Anyways, uh, this is it, guys, for this episode. Hope, hope this was useful and talk to you next time. See you later. Thank you for listening to the DevThink Podcast. You can contact us at info at devthink. 
That's D-E-V-T-H dot I-N-K. Now, go accomplish something. <laughs>